welcome to the At Peace Parents podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm here to empower you in your decision-making as a parent of a demand-avoidant child. My goal is to share insights that will generate aha moments and support your connection with your child. I'm a mom of two amazing little boys, one of whom is PDA, and I've worked with hundreds of parents just like you to teach them how to lead their child out of burnout and find the clarity, peace, and sense of community they need. Are you a PDA parent raising a PDA child or teen? If so, this live is for you. I received a question on Facebook, I believe, that was specifically about what do I do if I'm a pathologically demand avoidant or pervasive drive for autonomy parent and I'm raising a PDA child or teen? Okay, so today I want to kick off Coffee with Casey with this question because I think it's an important one and I don't think I've talked a lot about it on my social media. However, it's something I think about and work with very much behind the scenes with my business of coaching and providing programs. So if you identify as a PDA parent or are beginning to explore whether or not you have a survival drive for autonomy and a sensitive nervous system, you are not alone. I would say about one in five parents that I have worked with either via coaching or in my programs is PDA identifying. And sometimes that happens through the process of going through the program and learning about their child's brain and nervous system or through coaching. So that's a pattern I notice, which does not surprise me because as we know, autism, neurodivergence, PDA specifically is a genetic experience, right? So it's a family experience. And often even when the parents themselves don't identify as PDA, they may be ADHD, autistic, or have a parent or sibling who was potentially undiagnosed neurodivergent growing up. So I really do think of this as a family experience. However, at the same time, I think that parents who are PDA have a unique experience with raising and caregiving for their PDA children and teens, and I'll explain why. So two of the key features of PDA children and teens are gonna be directly activating to the nervous system of a PDA parent. So for example, as we know, PDA children and teens, their survival brain, amygdala, limbic system, perceives threat and sets off a nervous system response whenever there's not a perception of autonomy and equality. So the behavioral expression of that nervous system reaction is often what's called equalizing, which is reflexive and not behavioral. However, it feels like controlling behavior and it's often the child destroying things of the safe person, correcting their words, controlling their line of vision. You know, sometimes it can be really activating, like you're stupid, that's not right, swearing at you. So this is activating to all humans. However, if your neuroception is doubly activated because when you perceive a loss of equality and your child is equalizing by trying to be above you, you're going to have 
extra nervous system activation, and you have a much more sensitive landscape of your nervous system because you've probably experienced activation throughout your life, whether or not you recognize the root cause. So it's going to be extremely activating. Additionally, you know, one of the key features that we notice about PDA kids and teens is that they often need constant engagement, constant undivided attention, and constant signals of nervous system safety, which is part and parcel to a nervous system disability where they're constantly perceiving threat. They want that constant safe person to provide them a sense of bodily safety, right? However, this is a direct loss of autonomy for a PDA parent, right? Where they don't have the freedom and choice (laughs) to do the dishes, speak to their partner, go outside, right? So this is difficult for any parent. However, I think it can be absolutely traumatic for a PDA parent who's experiencing this constant threat in their neuroception. So the third thing I want to say about this is often the PDA parent, and I and I will say that I think I have a biased sample because most of the PDA parents that I've worked with are in a more internalized expression. I'm not sure why that is. Potentially, it's like a good fit with my temperament or they see components of my experience with panic disorder, people pleasing, and perfectionism in their own experience because those are themes that play out for them as well. But there's often an element of childhood or relationship trauma that is also compounded because often a PDA parent has been raised in a, in a more traditional setting where their needs were not accommodated. And so often it's even more difficult to make that mindset shift because they are triggered, right? Like they didn't have the accommodations that they're providing. However, on the flip side of things, what I have observed and I believe is that PDA parents are uniquely creative in finding accommodations and solutions and I noticed this like even in my paradigm shift program with one of the coaches I hired, you know, it's just brilliant the solutions and ideas she comes up with because she has the similar, you know, type of alchemy brilliant brain that a lot of these kids do. And so that's just an example, but also the empathy and connection that you can have on the other side of moving through some of that like really intense activation and potentially PTSD from your childhood. Okay, but I want to speak specifically to the question that I received on Facebook in terms of like small needle moving things you can do if you are a PDA parent. So I want to talk about in the moment and then thinking more holistically. So when I'm working with a PDA parent and really any parent, but specifically a PDA parent, I bring in some Buddhist, like mindful and Buddhist tools because so often we're either avoiding nervous system activation, negative thoughts and emotions, or we're grasping them. And so we want to get to a space where we're like the ocean and, and the nervous system activation is waves. So how do we operationalize this? Like, In the moment of activation, if you are a parent and your nervous system is going off, I encourage you to experiment with one to three seconds of a pause. And that's small, like before there's any reaction, pause and then notice what part of your body you are feeling 
the activation in, okay? So this might look like you feel itchy all over your body. It might look like you have like pain in your chest. You might feel tingling up your spine. You might feel tunnel vision and you're starting to disassociate. So what we're doing right now is just observing in our bodies in that one to three second pause. And the practice will be to extend the, what I call the sacred pause, right? Of like, sometimes it's just one second that we're working on before we react. <laughs> so in the pause, that's our opportunity to notice and observe what's going on in our body and to have an awareness of like, oh, my hands start to tingle. Oh, I have tightness in my chest. Oh, I have a dagger in my heart. Okay. And then we observe that and bring self-compassion to it, right? Because I think for a lot of PDA parents, it's been something that's been made wrong about them. And so we want to start unraveling some of that and, and bringing compassion. So a very simple mantra you can bring to that noticing of your own nervous system activation that I use a lot myself is called this belongs, right? So you notice the activation yourself and you can just say this belongs as part of my human experience or simply this too. So we're allowing and observing and bringing self-compassion to this nervous system activation related to your neuroception. And this might be the very first step. And honestly, it will start with you bringing self-compassion to yourself because there's nothing wrong with you having that activation. But I think for a lot of parents I've worked with, it has felt like there's something wrong with them when their nervous system activates. Okay, so that's like the in the moment practice that you can experiment with. And then more holistically, I just want to name three things that I often work on with families who have a PDA parent. One is understanding and leaning into regulation as something that's going to look different from potentially neurotypical peers or even other neurodivergent peers, which, you know, often it's like, oh, you need to take a nap, you need to take a rest, you need to meditate. But remember that for the PDA brain, engaging an autistic brain, engaging in special interest might actually be much more regulating than, quote, resting, right? So I'll give you an anonymized example with a mom who was exploring her PDA identity and you know she was postpartum and so a lot of the narrative was like you need to rest you need to relax you need to nap whereas what really regulated her nervous system and relaxed her was being very active in things like thrifting and and transformation of her artistic of things that were much more active and artistic so we set up ideas for like okay like when the baby and the other child is around like how can we engage in some of these more like transformation activities special interests that that really regulate your nervous system which is just a different way of looking at it from like how the world is going to be conditioning you to do self-care. The next thing I would say is like your child, your need for a safe nervous system can't be underestimated. And so what that looks like in real life holistically is really being honest with yourself about the scenarios, situations, and people who do not provide you a safe nervous system, whether it's in real life or online and starting to set some boundaries, right? And if you have a history of like a more freeze fawn internalized expression, this is going to be really difficult because you're going to be more of an automatic yes, fawning, 
type. If you're externalized, this might not apply as much, but really starting to think about boundaries outside of the home, right? And so this is something that I struggled with, but one of the practices I did, I read the book Boundary Boss, which I highly recommend by Terry Cole, but I would set up a list every day, really small things. And I'd be like, okay, what's one thing I can say no to? And it might just be like unfollowing someone on Facebook, or it might be, you know, just a random request that I got to participate in something and saying like no to protect my energy. So that's going to be really important, especially for those freeze fawn expressions. And then finally, and I think this is important for everyone, but particularly for a PDA parent is finding me in what you're doing as a caregiver right because otherwise it can feel like you're just trapped in this like cosmic mind f because it's like you're presented with a situation that basically is like the worst fit in some ways until you cross that threshold for your nervous system however finding meaning in the practice of like the sacred pause and what you're doing to accommodate your child can really start to shift things and help you perceive more autonomy and agency in what you're doing. So what do I mean by this? I'll give you an example of my meaning and then I'll give you some examples of others meaning. Okay, so I remember I had an aha moment when my son was sort of at his most activated, burned out, violent, where like much of my days were spent trying to keep my toddler safe and me physically in between my children. And I felt so much reactivity and anger and resentment towards my son. And and like when I was kicked, screamed at, hit, had things thrown at me, you know, I had these surges of like my own reactivity and, you know, it was sort of like a surge of my own violence inside of me and I had this moment because my past in my past life I did a doctorate degree in social science and my dissertation was on basically nonviolence in the face of really extreme violence in a civil war in Colombia, South America. So I'd studied all these peace builders and gone into conflict zones and was like really learning about nonviolence in the response to perceived violence. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, Casey, you have a PhD in this and you consider yourself nonviolent and yet you can't control yourself in the face of a child, right? Like you can't control your own like wanting to yell at them or do something reactive. And I remember thinking to myself, wait, this is like such an opportunity to actually learn nonviolence versus like the academic objective observer. And so for me, the meaning became like, how can I actually practice nonviolence? Not just, you know, obviously I never touched my son in that sense, but like the violence of aggression and the feeling of wanting to like, you know, teach him a lesson or whatever. And so for me, it became like this spiritual practice of like, okay, between stimulus and response, I have agency and like, where is that nonviolence? So for parents who are PDA, often this can look like the opportunity to find meaning by parenting and accommodating their child in a way that they weren't accommodated. It can be viewed as like healing intergenerational trauma or stopping the cycle of trauma in their family. It can also take on a meaning beyond just the home of like social justice of like, you know, I'm teaching my child how to manage their disability and how to, you know, 
know, create a more equal collaborative home, which is like the seed that we plant to ripple out into society. So those are just some examples of meaning that we can find in a more holistic way. So I hope that's helpful to that parent or any other parent who is either identifies as PDA or exploring their PDA identity, which is very common. You know, I've learned as I've worked with so many parents. Thanks everyone for being here with me at the At Peace Parents podcast. This is your source for all things related to understanding, supporting, accommodating, and advocating for your PDA child. To go deeper on any of these topics, check out my course offerings and masterclasses at the website www.atpeaceparents.com. To completely transform the way you think about and relate to your child and to bring peace and stability to your home, join us for the next cohort of the Paradigm Shift program.